This episode of Birds with Friends is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing Shield in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill. It's time to get ill with some birds with friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo and Shukapadia coming at you. With stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends, the post-draft day two podcast Bo Wolf here in my basement Shilkapalia there in his Zach Berman in his bunker and uh as Sweet D would say enough pussy dicking around let's get right to it the Eagles taking Jalen Hurts what did you guys think Shield how are you doing oh we're not I thought we would lead lead with Davion Taylor no we're gonna go with her well, we could Jaylen lead with Hurt. we could lead with Z Berm no. breaking the with the scoopage on Davion Taylor no let's let's get to the uh Let's get to the Jalen Hurts news. Man, you know, one part of me, we need to uh, thank the Eagles because, you know, if they would have gone with, like, Matt Uh, Hennessy or an interior offensive lineman, yeah, I I wouldn't be feeling this kind of juice right now. So they certainly gave us something to talk about. I don't even know where to begin with this. Let's give Steer us in the the right direction. Uh, Okay, let's talk about... I think we should start by talking about whether or not you think you guys think Howie Roseman listened to the show last night. <laughs> I don't know if we should start there. <laughs> well, okay, somebody let's... listened to the show last night because during the, uh, the, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we're well, in our own heads. I, were but we they, the only people who talked about that? No, maybe there been, was right? somebody else. But, but, but certainly, you know, in the middle of Howie Roseman's um, news conference, he kind of said, I want to make sure everyone realizes that we're really, really excited about the Jalen Rager pick. You know, mm-hmm. there were some issues yesterday with the technical difficulties. So if it didn't come across, uh, you know, that was why it had nothing to do with our enthusiasm for the pick. And so, uh, you know, those who listened to our previous podcast, know Zach and Bo, you know, I wasn't on that call that I was on today as I wasn't on yesterday's. They talked about how, uh, you know, Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson didn't seem that enthused and, you know, just sort of uh, speculating and commenting on maybe what that uh, might have meant. And so they did address it. And I went to watch that press conference today and it was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. (laughs) On the Eagles website. So I don't know. I mean, I I will take him for uh, his word. It's a reasonable explanation. I think so, too. Okay, Uh, let's get to... I think the first buzzword that dedicated Birds with Friends listeners want to hear out of your mouth, Shiel, and that is in the grand scheme of hashtag resources, what do you make of a team with myriad needs and not a ton of draft capital using a second-round pick on a backup quarterback? 
Well, yeah. I mean, longtime listeners know that they took Dallas Goddard, and I thought that was a waste of resources, and that was at least a guy who was going to play 50% of the snaps. Now, with the 50, 53rd, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting 53rd, the numbers. 53rd. The 53rd overall pick. You have two picks in the top 100. You take a wide receiver with the first. You know, you've been reluctant to uh, trade for a DeAndre Hopkins. You were reluctant to move up for a CeeDee Lamb because you wanted to keep this type of draft capital. All right, that that's reasonable. And then you go and you use that draft capital on a backup quarterback who I asked Howie Roseman, what's the best case scenario for this pick? with Jalen Hurts. And really, well, we can get to what he said, but I mean, there is the, what is the best case scenario for this pick that your starting quarterback, mm. Carson Wentz, retires or gets injured and Jalen Hurts comes in and has to play and plays real well? What kind of use of resources is that when you have the 53rd overall pick, you have holes on the defensive line, linebacker, safety, cornerback, draft another wide receiver. How about the offensive line? I mean, across the board, this is not the Ravens. This is not the Chiefs. You do not have some kind of elite roster where you can use picks like this on backup quarterbacks who are not going to get on the field. And we can and they go don't have as, other picks. They don't have other they high picks. They don't have picks. other picks. So we can go through all the reasoning that they gave. I'm, I'm sure that's sort of the next step here. But that is just my bottom line. I mean, I do not get this pick at all. I was high on the Rager pick. I thought they got off to a good start on day one. And day two, I mean, this is a disaster in my opinion. Zach, your uh, rebuttal. No, there's 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 no rebuttal here. I mean, I I, I, I concur. Um, and and to me, uh, you know, I I can get behind like the the philosophy, but not the execution of it because they have a 27 year old quarterback who they just gave a nine figure contract to. If if you had if if Carson had 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 two years left, and you're starting, you know, you're doing the Kevin Cobb type thing where you're planning ahead. Guess okay, how old? I, guess how I, I old understand. Kevin? Guess how old Donovan McNabb was when the Eagles drafted Kevin Cobb? This surprised me a little bit. Thirty, thirty-two. He, he was thirty. He was exactly thirty. 30 yeah. He was. I thought he okay. was. I, I was guessing that he was going to be a little bit older. But go ahead. So that and or if you're in a situation like you were in last year, where you have two second round picks and maybe you've won to play around with, so mm-hmm. to speak, um, then okay. Uh, but you're in a situation now where you have two picks. In in the first, you, you only really have to have two premium picks. The night before, you did not trade up in the first round because you wanted to hold on to this premium pick, and you have this dearth of young talent because of these decisions you made during the past few years. So what you need the draft to do is replenish the cupboard with young talent. The number fifty three overall pick is a fertile spot to do so. Uh, so so to take a player who. Like Shield said, best case scenario for the organization is that he doesn't get on the field because that means Carson Wentz is healthy, uh, and, and and that 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 to me does not make sense. I understand the importance of backup quarterbacks. I agree with the fact that you need stability at backup quarterback, or or you need upside at backup quarterback. The Eagles saw it firsthand the past three off seasons. Oh, I'm sorry, the past three postseasons. The importance of a backup quarterback, but. Um, and I've, I've had this conversation with Jeffrey Lurie about how important it is to have a backup quarterback. 
in all the time. You and Jeffrey Eagles, just uh, nice flex, yeah, just, nice flex. Yeah, right just there. BSing at, no. the, at the barbershop. No, 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 like. no, 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 no. I, I did uh, by the pool. No, so, okay. I, I had an interview with Jeffrey before the Super Bowl, um, kind of like like a, a big picture organizational thing, and and he said that he views the number two quarterback as one of kind of the the six. Uh, a formidable of number two quarterbacks as, as as one of the six ingredients, so to speak, that a championship caliber team must have. Um, oh. And obviously, they were a few days away from Nick Foles leading that little insight, victory. Uh, and 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 over his time of ownership, you know, the point he he made is that they've always invested in this, and that's accurate. But when you look at from Vince Young to Chase Daniel to Nick Foles, um, there are uh, Josh McCown this past year. You can sign a backup quarterback who can get you, who who can win you games, who can be a presence for Carson Wentz. I, I wrote this in our piece, and I feel strongly about it. The best way to help Carson Wentz at the number fifty-three overall pick is not someone who supports him in the quarterback room. It's to get someone who can catch or run or block or tackle or pass rush or cover. Not these intangible characteristics. Uh, so I, I disagree with. The kind of the execution of it because of the value of the pick. I'm a little disappointed, Zach. You warned us that you were going to be loopy on this pod. You see, you sound very well put together. Yeah, that, that was, was very, very good. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty strong. Can you like do that again with some nonsense in there? <laughs> uh, I, 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 I am fairly loopy. I apologize. It's, it's, I, I was up. Uh, so we went to bed at what time? Like 4:30 last night. Four, yeah. and then. Then was was up pretty early this morning. Uh, you know, you know what's funny when you get uh, actually it's not funny, but when you get old <laughs> like me, uh, you know, like uh, so so when you're in your twenties, you know, you might have a night out, uh, have uh, one too many beverages, and you know, you wake up not feeling great, you got the headache, you know, you go for the breakfast mm-hmm. sandwich and the Gatorade, all those. When you're uh, 37, like I am. Like, I went to bed at, you know, like 4.30 and, you know, probably woke up around like 10.30. I felt like I had had a night out in, like, Vegas or something. Oh, like my sure. Like, he- my head's pounding. And this also happens, by the way, and this is the real one where you're real old. Like, if I eat, like, a, a lot of ice, ice cream or something <laughs> at, like, 10 o'clock, the next day I'm like, oh, baby. that. Wait, that <laughs> I didn't do that. No, I did that like oh, last week. Any, you didn't have I did any that, like, ice cream last I, night? No, I did that like last week. You know, it's like, oh, baby, you know, my body wasn't ready for that, like dairy and sugar <laughs> intake. I got to take it easy next time. So these are things, you know, for our younger listeners, uh, these are things that happen and uh, they really suck. So you have that to look forward to. You yeah, we're not all together this year, but but like day three of the draft when you oh, show yeah. up at Novacare <laughs> at, at eleven. You want to see just like a, yeah. a, a, a general, a generally miserable pe- group of people looking even more miserable. That's as good. A, like <laughs> exactly. maybe maybe like a, a dog track on like a Wednesday would be sort of <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the kind of thing that would compare. But other than that, you know, or you're like the turf club on a on a Tuesday at eleven is about the same thing, but. Uh, yeah, it's an ugly sight. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not one for human interaction, but I, I do miss the uh, the camaraderie of covering the draft with uh, with well, friends. Well, the Jalen Hurts moment complex. would have been a good moment. That would have been really fun. Yeah, we would have all just been crushing them together, and uh, it would have been interesting. <laughs> so, two things that you guys touched on that I think are are part of what makes this uh, so maddening. I think for Eagles fans, one is like this idea that you're going to be able to turn Jalen Hurts, like turn him into a profit investment-wise, 
strikes me as ill-suited. Like, wh- what are the odds you're going to be able to develop him and get more than a second-round pick for him that you just used? Like, that sounds very unlikely to me. Um, and But the, the bigger thing is, in conjunction with what they did last night, it is so depressing that they 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 were so adamant about holding on to the second round pick that they could use on a luxury position. Like, there's is there an Eagles fan out there who wouldn't trade Jalen Rager and Jalen Hurts for Ceedee Lamb? It doesn't make no, any of sense. Of course not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are so many ways today could have gone better. You could have, uh, you know, traded back, taken a, a Devin Duvernay. You could have traded back from your second pick. Uh, you know, you could have a bunch of picks going into tomorrow. But I want to shoot down like every theory that I've heard of why this could potentially make sense. And you guys could let me know if you think I'm wrong about uh, any of this. So uh, theory number one is that. Carson Wentz gets uh, gets injured, and so you do need a backup quarterback, kind of what you know what Zach was saying with Jeffrey Lurie, and so you draft Jalen Hurts here, and now you have a backup quarterback. And so my reasoning for why that's dumb is because Jalen Hurts is a developmental prospect. Yes. If mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has to be your backup, if he and he will be, he's your backup quarterback for 2020, and he has to play. Guess what? You have a are probably going to have a below average backup quarterback for 2020. That might even be the case for 2021, depending on he on how he develops. Like if this is so important to you, you know what? And and I don't disagree that you should invest in the backup quarterback. Go. You could have signed Case Keenum. What did he make? Six million a year. Mm-hmm. You could have done that. There are other guys. You know, I don't know how you feel about a Cam Newton. You can get him on like a one year deal. It doesn't feel like the you know greatest fit to me. But if you prioritize the position then you can go ahead and do that. So I think that's something people are missing. Like, this isn't a guy, there's, you know, it's like a 50-50 proposition that he turns into an above-average backup quarterback. Here are the 10... He's uh, he's not even the backup this year, by the way. Yeah. Well, Well, he probably won't be because he's not going to have a long offseason to learn, right? Yeah, well, who knows? He's going to be, maybe maybe they're, and and this idea that they're going to have him as like a Taysom Hill Well, that's my next thing to shoot down, but go ahead and give me. Because a great point was made, like, they they had Greg Ward in the building for three years, who was just as good of a college quarterback and actually plays a position, and they showed no interest in making any use out of him. And by the way, that is, I mean... Talk about give me a break. One of the most overrated things in football is you yeah. know Bo Harp. So Taysom Hill played 15 snaps a game last year. So so you're telling me your best case scenario for this gadget type guy used at the 53rd pick is 15 snaps a game. He had like 400 yards from scrimmage. That's what you're shooting for with the 53rd overall pick. I mean, look around. Dak Prescott just got Ceedee Lamb with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. You know, the the Ravens just spent, uh, you know, I don't know about the J.K. Dobbins pick. I didn't look exactly where they took him. But they got another running back, and they got uh, Devin DuVernay for their young quarterback. Look around the the Saints. They go out and they sign Emmanuel Sanders. They're just going all in. They're picking like three players (laughs) this draft, which I don't know if it's wise, but Mm -hmm. I can respect Help your freaking quarterback, especially after you've seen what has happened with this guy uh, in, what, two or three of the four years that he's had to play. He has not had enough help, and you've seen it with Donovan McNabb, and you saw it with the guys he was playing with, and then you saw what happened when they actually got him wide receivers. I mean, I don't understand this. 
isn't it crazy? They they do seem to be repeating several of the mistakes of the Donovan era, right? Like they they are actively choosing not to surround him with enough wide receiver talent. Now they're drafting a quarterback in the second round. Like they're they're sort of playing the hits. Yeah, and, I mean, like and, you said, and, he, and by he the was way, the uh, reference. Uh, 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 no, I'm sorry, Shield. Go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the uh, reference to to Hertz not being the backup this year is that. Howie Roseman said uh, Nate Sudfeld is still in their plans. Now Sudfeld has a, a contract they could release, but his rat and he uh, he said this twice that they know Nate Sudfeld has starting aspirations and they know next year they'd be in the market for a backup quarterback, so they would have to spend resources on it next year. So they're getting ahead of it. And then when Doug Peterson was asked uh, later on on the, on a second call tonight if uh, if Hertz is is their backup next year, Doug said. Uh, Nate Sudfeld, they're really comfortable with Nate Sudfeld. So it it sounds at, at least like they're looking at Hurts in the developmental role in year one. I mean, I mean what did the you hell think, did, was that yeah. comment about Nate Sudfeld? He has aspirations <laughs> to be a starter? Well, did the yeah, guy, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's so great. Good, yeah, good for <laughs> him. Did the guy not have a chance to sign anywhere in the NFL that he wanted this yeah. year? And there was zero market for him? And so he came back? <laughs> To the Eagles, I like a Nate, Nate Sudfeld. Seems like a great guy. You, you know, maybe you can develop him into a backup. It's like the best. You know, the, him becoming a actual starter for a team. What are the odds of that? That's why you made this move. Give me a break. Cross well, that bridge and, when you come to it. And to your point, Sheila, about a fifty-fifty proposition that this guy can even be a backup quarterback. The here are the ten quarterbacks taken in the second round over the last ten years. It is okay, I like generously. This. Precisely a 50-50 proposition. On the good side, Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, Colin Kaepernick, Jimmy Garoppolo. On the downside, Brock Osweiler, Geno Smith, Jimmy Clausen, Deshaun Kaiser, Christian Hackenberg. Still up in the air, Drew Locke. So that's like that's that is a coin flip. Okay, you could throw Geno into a backup uh, role there. I'm 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 glad you brought (laughs) that up though because. Uh, one thing I, I, I did want to say, and I, I didn't write this, um, but it's it's worth discussing, is that uh, just like I said that the Jalen Rager pick might have been kind of a reaction to last year and a, a correction, if you will. Yeah, this um, is the curse I, of Claps and Fipson. Yeah, I, I, I think they were um, – <laughs> You know, discouraged by the Clayton, the the, the Clayton Thorson, the uh, Clayton Thorson experience, and as 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 Bo has written many times, um, the the hit rate for quarterbacks on day yeah. three is very low. So if you're going to get a developmental quarterback, I'm, I'm sure they 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 crunch the same numbers Bo does. Um, they they see it anecdotally that your odds of hitting on a guy is much better in round two or round three. And to that point, Howie Roseman, when he in his in his opening statement tonight, when he was talking about the value of the pick, he said it's not a first round pick, and we could have done it in the third round, but there's not really much of a difference. That's a, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. He didn't hmm. say there's not much of a difference, but that's essentially what he said. Right was 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 that it's a second round pick. We could have done it in the in the third round, but it's not as if he was talking about getting a, a quarterback in like round four, or round five. He was talking about you could do it in round three or or mm-hmm. you could do it in round two. And when I heard that, I was thinking about all those times Bo wrote about the hit rate of quarterbacks on day three relative to earlier on. And I don't even in in a vacuum. 
I don't even have that much of an objection to taking a backup quarterback in the second round. I, I, I do a little bit, but because of those numbers, I think it's I think it's fair to say if that's what you really need to get, you feel like you need to get, that's okay. The numbers on third-round quarterbacks are actually, they look about the same in terms of finding backup quarterbacks. It's like 7 or 8 for 13. Uh, but this year, this team... Yes. Like th- this team that needs a lot of help that doesn't have that only has two picks in the top 100, it's such a it seems like such a waste. Did you think going into this draft? I mean, you you cannot expect immediate contribution from anybody after the top after the first two rounds. You can you can hope that you're drafting an eventual starter in the third round, but you can't expect an immediate contribution. Did you think that this team entering the draft could afford to only? add one person expected to make an immediate contribution in 2020? I mean, we did about 700 hours of draft podcasts, and we never even discussed this possibility of them drafting. <laughs> of them well, drafting I did. Like I talked about, I, oh, I said, well, you had makes a lot of sense third. for them in the third yeah. round. Yep. And I people said, got really mad about that. They got really mad, and I said, he's the kind of guy they're going to like. And, I, and by the way, I do think that there is, like, it's a bit odd that – you know, they they talk so much about the process of getting to know and working out Carson Wentz before they take him. They did not get that much time with Jalen Hurts. They got one In the combine interview. They got they, one combine yeah. interview and Press Taylor got to go to his pro day. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, this is a guy who's been well covered. Like, I guess there's not a lot of stones to turn over because everybody no, but, knows everything there is to know about Jalen Hurts. But, like, but don't discount the don't fact know. that... I, I mean, and and to your point about everyone knows kind of the Jalen Hurts story, don't discount the fact that this is a guy who was a backup at Alabama, you know, lost his starting job and was, was lauded for supporting Tua and, and for, for being ready in the SEC championship game. Um, like like that's that's all part of the Jalen Hurts story. But I think anecdotally that's something that, that they do value because how many times have they talked about uh, someone to support Carson in the room and the importance of, of the quarterback room. And I, I didn't quite understand this comment Howie Roseman made where they've, they've gotten away from it. Um, like they, they had Nick Foles in there for two years and they had Josh McCown last year. Yeah. Um, so basically there was like a, a three-month period where they had <laughs> Nate Sudfeld, Clayton Thorson, and Cody Kessler. I don't think they've, they've had like this, this deviation from like uh, supporting Carson in the room. I mean – uh, the whole thing with Josh McCown last year, and and how many times did we hear how Nick Foles was so helpful to Carson? Uh, so I, I, I that, McCown was that so helpful they tried to bring up. him back on the coaching staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I, uh, that part of it didn't add up to me. I mean, it's complete. Yeah, it, it's nonsense. I, I don't. I don't even think you take it. I don't like a use of a, a second or third round pick on a backup quarterback for this team right now. I mean, I think there. It's it's not that hard when you have a quarterback who's twenty seven. You can sign veterans to one or two year deals who you like, who can be good backups, and then you can take swings on day three of the draft. If guys get you know whatever, if guys are available via trade for day three picks, or you know you can bring them in and see. You take a bunch of swings. Maybe one of them develops into. A a long time backup guess what if they don't you just kind of keep moving year to year i mean this is what teams do you don't need to yes. invest a second or the guy is 27 
years old. And yeah, the support system stuff, I mean, they, they just hired like 400 new offensive <laughs> coaches. I think, again, I, I don't know if they have like a, I don't know what the relationship is between them and Carson Wentz, and that's probably the next thing uh, we should get into here in a second. Actually, before we uh, do get into that, you know, I... I Doubt that Carson Wentz was in a uh, a mood to party and celebrate <laughs> after this pick, but if he was, uh, he might have wanted to throw on his black tux because the black tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or tuxedo for their big day. Did you know? The black tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine. It turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen they walked to these- into the they'd walked into the tuxedo shop and someone got a text that their favorite team was drafting a backup quarterback in the second round. And then they left some uh, reviews. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tuck shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code BIRDS. That's theblacktux.com. Code BIRDS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear, for the moment. All right. Okay, wanted- let's get into this because I want to yeah. – uh, this is a very good comment in our grades that, that will lead off this discussion. Okay. Uh, Suk D asks – or comments, Sheil, wouldn't it have been easier and more resource efficient for Howie to just FaceTime Wentz this morning and tell him to go F himself? <laughs> this seems like a long and costly way to go about doing the same thing. <laughs> Uh, I like that. I also like the commenters who, so, you know, you can read this, of course, on our full analysis and grades on The Athletic. Hopefully you subscribe by now. If, if you're not, if you don't, you know, you, you are pretty pathetic. And I will say that uh, to the listeners. But theathletic.com slash birds with friends gets you 40% off. But we did our, our grades and uh, Bo and I gave them a D for this pick and Zach gave them a D plus. And so some commenters were ripping us. They said, you, you know, how could you not give them an F? This should have been an F. And then somebody said mm-hmm. a D a D plus from Zach is worse than an yeah. F. So I thought that I thought that was that was pretty good. Like the, I think you that's know, right. That's good. Like Zach tries to you know not not be as harsh and is a, a probably a nicer person just in general than uh, both Bo and I. But uh, I thought I I thought this was actually the most fascinating comment from Howie Roseman in either of the interviews that we did. And so, and so during the first interview, you know, he offered up front, he said, uh, I called Carson Wentz this morning, I think he said, right, before the round even started yes. and told him that Jalen Hurts could be a possibility and, uh, you know, just kind of wanted to let him know that in case this happens, give him a heads up. But then on the uh, second interview, he was asked, what did Carson Wentz say when you had that conversation, can you give us a little, um, you know, insight into how that went? And I thought, listening, that this is going to lead into Howie Roseman saying something like, oh, you know, Carson was great about it. He said, do whatever's good for the football team. Uh, you know, I have trust in you. We're going to go out and have a great season. 
He did not say that. You know, he he said he basically told his side of it and said, uh, you know, Carson's not going anywhere and he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. He's our guy. And then he said, my job is different than Carson's job. I thought that was very, very fascinating because as we know, Carson Wentz does not have the personality to sit back and say, hey, I trust everyone to do their jobs and I have no opinion on what's going on. And there was no little kernel offered there that said, you know, Carson was on board with this and, uh, you know, thought it was a good move, anything like that. Now, Wentz did, you know, tweet out welcome to uh, Jalen Hurts for whatever that's worth. But am I making too much of that or what did you guys think about that? You go ahead, sir. I have an opinion on this. Um, okay. I, I yeah. So I, I'm, I might be in the, in the minority. I, I don't think this decision was it was about Carson Wentz at all. Um, I've I've was talking to people tonight who who disagreed with me, who uh, who suggested that that there has to be some skepticism either about his health or sending a message or that there's this burden now on Carson. Was this and, Jeffrey and, too? No, 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 no. This was other media members, I should say. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, and I, I, um, I just disagree. Like, if if you think that Carson Wentz is is job is in trouble, or if you think that when Carson Wentz throws an interception, there's going to be like this this groundswell of support for for, for Jalen Hurts, I, I, I just, I'm I'm not with you there. I th- I oh just I don't do see I that. do not agree. Okay. Okay, so all right, well then, then we can. I think this move is not about Carson Wentz; it is everything about the hubris of the Eagles. That that mm. this term, this term, quarterback factory. Like, oh, like that, that, that was they, something. Like oh, I think that's what this is about. That 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 they feel that they that this that they're so good at at um, developing quarterbacks, valuing quarterbacks, and they once traded AJ Feely for a second round pick. And they want a, a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. They want to trade Kevin Cobb for a second round pick. Like that, that this is this organization. You know, you heard it on the telecast um, that they've always valued backup quarterback. Look, I said it earlier in this that, but uh, I think this is more organizational hubris than any type of like skepticism or or concern about Carson Wentz. They just paid Carson Wentz. A nine-figure contract. Everything they do yeah. is about Carson Wentz. Um, I don't think there's there's this. And, and and by the way, I agree with what Shields said earlier. Like Jalen Hurts is not the type of quarterback that you're like, oh, Carson needs to be worried. I mean, Jalen Hurts uh, has he's he's a fine prospect and and he's a he's a dual threat guy and really kind of blossomed at Oklahoma this past year. He lost his job at Alabama after winning the national championship, by the way. Um, but he's not like a, a first-round pick type quarterback. This is not a quarterback who, who profiles as someone who's going to take it's, – it's not like drafting um, love. But Zach, they took Bay. the guy in the second round. Yes, and, and, and that's resource allocation. It's not it's – not, uh, I don't think this is – as I said, I think this is more about their hubris – than it is about any concern about Carson Wentz. That's so just I think there, I, I have I have two separate reactions to that. The first thing is that like we're trying we're trying to make sense of this, right? Like what is what makes sense? What could possibly be the reason for them taking this guy in the second round as a backup quarterback? The only thing that is a possible explanation is that they have some Carson Wentz skepticism. That's le- that's the only thing that that really makes any logical sense. 
I I disagree. Like when they, yeah, I mean, I mean, when they signed Nick Foles as the backup quarterback in in 2017, paying Chase Daniels to go was was that skepticism about Carson Wentz then, or was that just they wanted to upgrade a backup quarterback? Yeah, they're up. That's that's totally different. And what ha- what happened since then? Because this gets into the second thing. Because they are okay, invi- they are not naive enough to not understand what they are inviting with this pick. What happened since then? Nick Foles came in for Carson Wentz and won a Super Bowl. The next year, Nick Foles came in for an injured Wentz again and won a playoff game. And then what happened the next offseason? All these whispers and stories about Carson Wentz not being a locker room leader. The next year, more anonymous stuff coming out of the locker room. And so this is already a dynamic in the locker room. They are then adding to that dynamic... A second-round pick? You think the the guys in the locker room aren't paying attention to the fact that uh, this quarterback, they just drafted a a guy in the second round who, I don't know, might be more popular in the locker room with with people than Wentz? And and this is a locker room where they they are always bragging about how tight the Eagles locker room is. Well, this is really going to test it. And they're not—they know what they're doing when they're bringing this guy in. I, I think they are— the only way to read it is either they have skepticism for Carson Wentz or they want to, as as Paul Domowicz tweeted, they want to give him a kick in the ass. Like, this is a locker room that got rid of Malcolm Jenkins and now they're bringing in this dynamic. It's very odd. I still think it's door number three. I I think they, they're, like, so um, impressed with themselves with quarterbacks. I really think that. Yeah, so it's it, 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 I think. And by uh, I mean, the way, so yeah. impressed with themselves and quarterbacks. Let's 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 look at what happened with Clayton Thorson. Like, good, good, either either uh, really bad scouting or really bad development over the course of one off season. Agreed. You know, I, I I mean, I think Bo, you made a you know you made a very good point there. I mean, if, if there's sort of a uh, you know hole you want to poke in um, Carson Wentz's resume. With the Eagles, and you know, it's it's hard to always gauge how much this matters or how much truth or validity. But there have been the whispers. I, I mean, for you know, a, a couple off seasons, and certainly the organization has been uh, aware of that, and they've made moves to sort of uh, address it. And, and yeah, Jalen, you know, I don't now. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a guy who you know profiles as a guy who can come in and help right away. But when you take him with the fifty third pick, you probably you know have a higher opinion of him than I. I do and uh, you know I do agree that players in the locker room are probably looking at you know I wonder what like Zach and guess what prob- they're all like, they're all watching those playoff they're, those college football games right yeah uh, yeah I mean like, Zach Ertz is probably looking at this going wait what Zach we took we took Jalen Hurts in the second round what in the world are we doing so you know that I think that is fair that either you had some questions about uh, about Wentz or you're just bad at this I mean. To be quite honest, the you know I asked Howie Roseman. It was the last question of the first uh, interview, and I said, "What is the best case scenario with Jalen Hurts when you have a quarterback who you just paid 128 million dollars to?" And you know the things he started pointing to was, uh, "We think he can be a valuable player," and uh, you know. I think he used the term a valuable asset. But it's like you said, Bo. I mean, how good would Jalen Hurts have to be for you to get back more than what you just paid for him? Like, this is a move you make on day three in the fifth round. Hey, we like this guy's upside. You know, we have other needs on the roster, but we couldn't pass him up and we want to work with him. Absolutely. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. You have two picks in the first uh, first hundred of this draft. 
and you use it on a luxury pick like this, it opens up a can of worms. Uh, it just it leads to so many unnecessary questions, and the worst part of all is you don't you didn't make your team better like for 2020 or for 2021. Your team is not better with this pick. You have a window with a quarterback who's in his prime. You just traded a third and a fifth for a cornerback who has you know two good years that you kind of want to tie yourself to. You've got a bunch of core players: Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Fletcher Cox, Rodney McLeod, Zach Ertz. All these guys. Like the next two years, that's what you've got with them, and then they're you know they're definitely going to be in the decline phase of their career. I mean, this franchise, the moves they've made this offseason are just going in seven different directions, and I don't know how anyone can feel good about it going into 2020. You mentioned those veterans, and it is like on a on a personal level, like Zach Ertz playing through a ruptured spleen, like Jason Kelsey coming back for one last ride after everything he went through last year. These guys like. Lacing it up, putting their bodies on the line for one, like, like j- just for a chance, and the team takes a backup quarterback in the second round. Where's the help? Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, there's so many areas where it could have been used better, you know, a- anywhere on the offensive line, anywhere in the secondary, take another wide receiver, move back. There are just so many, there. and I, I couldn't, what did I didn't get a good sense of this? I would like to know what you guys thought, but I thought at first. Uh, how he said something like the board fell in a certain way where, you know, like Hertz was like the last guy in the tier or whatever and sort of made it seem like it was a little bit uh, surprising. And, you know, he w- they, they didn't know that they were going to go ahead and draft him. But then he also made the comment that earlier in the day, you know, they had called Wentz and already talked to him about this possibility so uh, i mean any thoughts there trevon Diggs goes right before that pick i don't know if that's uh my read would there, have been interested in my read there was there were there were guys they were uh hoping would fall but they did not expect to fall at the top of the round maybe okay. you know, 10 10 guys or so and so they were they were prepared for this inevitability because they didn't expect you know one of those guys to fall but what, what did you think zach yeah, I think that uh, they had a few guys there, and, and Hertz was among them. Now, I, I think if someone else was there, it wouldn't have been Hertz. But I, I do think that they. Uh, but that, it's that not like it was a. Did. It's not like it was a fait accompli because they said, like how we said, like they went in their little, you know, small yeah. group huddle to yeah. decide whether to make this pick. Like, sure. I just want to like I I just want to finish this because. I mean, I, I'm willing to be convinced on the Carson thing, but just listen to this quote here, okay? For better or worse, we are quarterback developers. We want to be a quarterback factory. We have the right <laughs> people in place to do that. Oh my gosh, no team in the National quote. Football League it is. has benefited more is gonna, is gonna from developing quarterbacks than the Philadelphia Eagles. And not just that, how he made Andy Weidel – Recite this line yeah. like three times. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Andy, he was like, "Oh, what? How did you say it?" Uh, it was uh, nobody. Exactly. Nobody's benefited from the insurance policy more than we have. Yes. So, so the, I, I. You keep know what? There's back. like a price when insurance is not worth it. I just think that that this is more. This is the they. They're like doubling down on this organizational philosophy of of being a quarterback centric organization how many times have we heard that since 2016 how many times have we heard that in Howie Roseman's year away the value of the quarterback position was like was was reinforced i think this pick uh 
I mean, if hubris is, is too strong a word, I'm willing to change it. But I think this is <laughs> that's a very think, that's a great Zach line because hubris is not even that strong a word. <laughs> I just think this is them like putting their stamp on this notion that we yeah. want to stand for like being the quarterback organization. I don't think this is them saying Carson, you know, you're in trouble. Look over to the sideline when you throw an interception. I think this is them. Um, thinking they're smarter than the room sometimes, so to speak. I think that's true. I think all, I think several of these things can all be true. Go ahead, Shell. No, I just I think it's fun to look at sort of alternate ways for how this offseason could have played out. You know, what if you let's say they would have gone big on the uh, I know people are probably tired of hearing about this or maybe they're not tonight because yeah. they're probably they're probably just angry tonight. But, you know, let's say you go uh, a second two-thirds, and Dallas Goddard for uh, DeAndre Hopkins. All right? Okay. That is a, that's right. a very strong offer. So you don't get Slay. You get DeAndre Hopkins. You draft Jalen Rager in the first round, and you've got well, Jalen Rager. Well, draft Jalen Rager then, but go ahead. Well, maybe you still do. And maybe you have maybe. Jalen Rager and DeAndre Hopkins to go with your quarterback. Do you think Carson Wentz would go into the offense and say, guys, I would like to be supported a little bit more. You think maybe <laughs> you could, uh, you know, get me something to pat me on my back? Or do you think he would be like, let's go. Let's go. I've got Jalen Rager and DeAndre Hopkins. Let's go put up 34 a game next year like everyone else does in the NFL in 2020. And you know what? Our defense can be mediocre. Uh, Schwartz can get it done, and we can compete for a Super Bowl. I mean, really, which reality is better there? It's uh, or or the CD Lamb thing, or I mean, yeah. there, there are there are so many there are so many little turning points. And you look at, I mean, just go down the line. How is the offense really going to be that much better next year? They're banking so much on the improved coaching staff. Like Andre Dillard is going to be probably worse than Jason Peters was next next year. Uh, everybody else on the line is probably going to be a little bit worse because they're old, except for maybe Isaac Sayamalu. Uh, Jalen Rager, okay, he's definitely better than Big Bob Davis. But is he definitely going to be better than – well, he'll be better than J.J., that's for sure. But, well, remember my, my uh, stat of, of wide receivers drafted in the first well, sure, two rounds. Well, sure, but the bar is very low for what they had at wide receiver, yeah, but at least the, in the, the second the half the of the season. The average is 490 yards. Yeah, they That's, would take that. That would be better than what they had. But still, so I, like yeah. you, let's let's be generous and say that that's going to be one place that's an improvement. Miles Sanders is not definitely going to be better next year than he was as a rookie. He was fantastic. Uh, I think as a I know. I think he will. I, I mean, I don't think you're. There's no reason to project any kind of drop off there. No, I'm not saying drop off. I'm, but I'm just saying there's no reason to expect that he's going to be better. He was uh, already really good. I think he can be like, better. That's a it took him good a little plateau. while to get going. Okay. But like there, we're, we're gonna. We're, you're, you're just okay with like let's let's have the 13th best offense in the league at at a at a ceiling, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, instead of trying to add one more piece to that, we're just gonna make sure that the worst case scenario, if Carson Wentz gets hurt, maybe we have a slightly better chance of winning that one game. Like it's and you don't you don't have a slightly better chance. I mean, yeah, you, a, I mean, it's a long-term it's, play. It's, it's like and a it, wash, basically. I mean, yeah, I, really, I would really love to know what Carson Wentz really thinks about this. I mean, I'm sure we'll get a chance to That poor uh, guy is waiting him. for his baby to come. Like, Yeah, really, he doesn't boy, need to say I, I don't know. I, I can't think of anyone who has ever wanted to kill some turkeys more. <laughs> yeah, so, so, <laughs> so to answer your question, Bo, uh, no, I mean, I, I don't think they've done nearly enough on offense. And, and, and frankly, they've gone from saying that uh, – 
that Carson doesn't need to be Superman and to I, th- I think what their offensive plan is is like to have a franchise quarterback and fi- and and have an offensive line to protect him and just let the quarterback figure it out um which is kind of like the early McNabb years and uh you know now I don't want to discount Rager and 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 Deshaun in theory could be healthy next year but um no, I don't think they've done enough on offense. I, 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 I do th- I do though have a question for both of you about the Hertz pick. Um, I, I don't want to switch gears though. If you, if you had a, a well, my one point. but my one quick thing is like let's let's be honest here. There may not there like if there's going to be an off season, it's going to be super truncated, right? So the bet on the coaching staff is even worse, and they know that going into the draft. You're right. Agreed. You're absolutely right. Go ahead. Yeah, so my question, though, is is because clearly the, the sentiment we all have is clear on just, just the – that it's a poor use of resources. Uh, are, are you guys sticking to that regardless of the result in the, in the sense like are, are you looking at it based on resource allocation or if, if, uh, if Carson does go down and let's say Jalen Hurts steps in and, and they win games with him? Are you, are you saying, all right, well, the pick makes sense because of that? Or do you just look at the conditions now before you know any of that and, and, and say, well, f- well, this was just a, a poor use of resources? Because that that was the thing I was brainstorming in my head. I, I thought you had a good line in your look-ahead piece today, Bo, uh, and I say today, yesterday, uh, on, on Friday morning when you mentioned Hertz as a candidate where you said would they have, have been in a better situation with Hertz at quarterback – than Josh McCown at quarterback against the Seahawks, uh, and and you just wonder if if they are in a in a situation where they need to win games in December, um, and Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, uh, does that make the pick worth it, or is it just is it just poor resource allocation? No, I mean I think you have to do, you have to evaluate the decision based on the information we have at yes. hand right I right agree. now. And so uh, if new information comes to light, which we are not currently uh, privy to, then obviously you can adjust it accordingly. But, man, I just have a really tough time envisioning the scenario that you laid out. Like Carson Wentz goes down in December next year and Jalen Hurts is going to come in and be Nick Foles. I mean, that seems very, very, very My, far-fetched. The only uh, to me. really – sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm no, interrupting I, too much. Go ahead. The only like the only piece of information I can imagine that would that would retroactively change my opinion is that if they have some inkling that Carson Wentz is not here for the long term. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, whether it's an, an injury or uh, or something else that they have internally, I, I would agree with that. If that's the case, though, I mean. Jalen Hurts is not the yeah, quarterback. Yeah, you got to do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have right. you should have moved up for Jordan Love in the yeah. first round, or you should sign Cam Newton, or uh, James you Winston, should, or yeah, yeah you got to yeah. do something that's more aggressive if that is such a concern for you right now, or if the backup. I mean, how many quarterbacks are available right now? Like, really, Andy Dalton's going to be available? Jameis Winston, Cam Newton. I don't want anything that's to do a, with Joe it's Flacco. A great point. Joe Flacco, Case Keenum was available for six million. They're what twelve or twenty million under the cap. That was a move you could have easily made. Like there were, if there's any off season where you could have gone and gotten a backup quarterback, mm-hmm. and you really wanted to make that a priority, that this was the easiest off season to do that, and you would not have had to burn your second round pick 
on a backup quarterback, and you could have addressed a position where somebody could play right away. That's such a great point. I mean, it makes no sense. And it's it's just uh, I keep coming back to Hubris because teams that have a oh, franchise that's a, now quarterback, a, calm down, Zach. That's a that's a heavy <laughs> word. But teams that have a franchise quarterback, little harsh, just, little harsh, just historically have have not done this. Um, you know, like the Patriots took Garoppolo, but in the third round, and second, that was when Brady second, late second in, 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 in the second round, late second. But but Brady was was well into his thirties by then, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, under 30, I don't know how yeah. you do it when the guy's under 30. Yeah. A 27-year-old, yeah. Uh, it that. just You're right. It feels – it's too cute, and it's like they're, they've done a lot of things over the past couple of years that have been a little bit trying to take a whiff, smelling themselves, thinking that they know something that other, that other people don't. And this is maybe as stark an example of that as, as I can remember. I mean, the taste of the, the idea that jail, they're going to have like a Jalen Hurts package just annoys me to no end. I mean, <laughs> picture Carson Wentz running off the field and getting replaced by Jalen Hurts. I mean, I would not want to be the guy standing next to him at, because there's going to be smoke coming out of his ears at that time. And you now know what? We, what are you going to do? Give you a little wildcat, a little quarterback draw, four yards? Like, when have they showed any type of ability? to you know, implement some kind of package like that with a guy like Jalen Hurts. And again, if you're going to do that, you know what? Give me a, a, you know, a fifth-round pick on somebody yeah. like that. There are plenty of quarterbacks who did a good job running the football in college last year who could come in and you could see you know, maybe they'll give you that element to your offense. If it doesn't work out, there's no opportunity cost. You can cut them. You don't take that guy in the second round. Or just take Lynn Bowden, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. that's what I was going to say. I mean, yeah. he went, yeah. what, in the third, I he guess. Went really yeah. third to the Raiders. But, yeah, then you're fully committing to it. All right, this guy's going to do this, this, and this. All right, I, you know, I don't know. At least, it's, at least there is some more sense to doing that than to saying he's a quarterback first and foremost, which is what Doug Peterson said. And he said he's this new breed of dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, I mean, did they, are, they, are they looking back at last year and saying we traded the, the pick that landed, I mean, two years ago? We traded mm. the pick that got Lamar Jackson. Jackson and we're not going to do that again? I don't know. I don't know what they're also, doing. Also, I, I didn't quite understand Doug's point about, like, we, we, we saw how Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco gelled. Uh, like, yeah. they were, what? The, I mean, the come Ravens on. Didn't, yeah, the Ravens the, didn't, didn't see the field. Until they Joe, got rid of like, yeah. yeah, Flacco, yeah, Joe Flacco was, was said like, he wasn't Exactly, yeah. yeah. Flacco wanted nothing to do with them, exactly. was the story. And then they, and then Flacco got injured, and Lamar yes. Jackson comes in, and then they get and then they get rid of Flacco the next offseason. I mean, this is the best-case scenario you're talking about here. But, like, knowing Carson's personality, knowing Carson's personality, who he wants control over everything, approach yeah. Carson and say, you know what, the best thing for this offense – is for you to line up at wide receiver exactly. for like six snaps a game to throw off the defense. I mean, come if, on! Like, if, if I can only imagine Carson looking at at, at Doug being like, "What? Are you sure?" <laughs> I, I, th- I think he would let the play clock roll, run down to three, call a timeout, and then ask for a different play. And once he did that seven times, they would say, "All right, Jalen Hurts isn't going in the game anymore." That's I mean, crazy. really, that's how it might play out. Yeah, he, and yeah, now there was the no thing. Part of from, that. There was the thing that was brought up that from last year when Press Taylor said uh, something about like yes. the next wave of innovation, having two quarterbacks on the field who can throw. But that that's not like that's not how they're selling this. And I feel like if that was their idea, they would sell it that way. That's that's not what this is. 
I mean, no, Press Taylor was factory. Ha- Press Taylor was having. Uh, did you ask that question, Bo? Or was it somebody uh, else? I don't remember. I don't think so. Was, was it you last Zach? year? No, it, it, it was. It was Mike. It was. It, it was Mike Seals. Yes, yeah. yes. He was yes. saying, "Where's Where's football going?" Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, this was a very casual. Con- yes. I was standing right there. I don't know if you guys I were. Was too. I, I was too. I was. I took it as a very casual conversation. Press Taylor uh, is not one of these coaches who's very paranoid about what he says, and he was kind of like, "Well, you know, it would be cool." <laughs> he, he, was yeah, not, right. he was not. He was not. He's saying not we're, yeah, yeah, he was not yeah. saying we're going to draft a quarterback in the second round next year and play two quarterbacks together. Like it was a very off the cuff comment about, "Hey, this might be cool." Kind of, you know, the NFL in the year 2047. Maybe people will be doing this. So uh, I, I do not think that that's what was uh, that's what was happening here. It's crazy. And again, they had they've already had Greg Ward. Like, where's the innovation? So, it's a good point. Uh I if sh- should we move on, I guess? Have we have we exhausted the Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I mean, uh, my last thing is just there's so many alternatives to how this could have played out where you'd be feeling so much better whether it was a trade earlier in the offseason, whether it was uh trading for C.D. Lamb, whether it was just sitting at the 53rd pick and taking it's so a funny freaking, because they could have taken a guard, you could take a guard, could, a guard, yeah. uh, guard center who's not going to play this year. And you know what? Yeah. I would have probably given that a B. Hey, your offensive line's getting older. Jason Kelsey might retire at any point. Maybe the guy beats out Isaac Sayamalo. Yeah, I can see that. No problem. Like this wasn't hard to not screw up. There were a lot of areas you could have gone into. And guess what? If you didn't like any of those players, trade back. What is it? I keep right. volume. I thought your volume. Drafters, you well, had we'll two. Get to that. Well, yeah. So, so that is my last thing. Is just there were so many opportunities to for this to go a different way. It's so funny I, because I, yesterday, if they had if they had given up what seemed like a like a lot, like if they'd given up a second round pick to move up to sixteen, we would have been like that was a lot to give up. They really like that's that's a tough price to pay. But if Howie was then like. Well, we were gonna we were gonna draft Jalen Hurts with that pick anyway. We, were, we all would have been like, "Oh, good, good move, good move." Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very a hundred percent well said. I I do think we owe sixty seconds to like talking about the player, you know, because we haven't really done that. Sure. Like, uh, Bo, what do you think about uh, about Hurts as a player? I I mean, I don't have a super strong opinion. Like, he has a scattershot arm. I think he is a dynamic athlete. Uh, I think he's a I think he's a good prospect to become a backup quarterback but you don't take like you don't take a guy in the second round who could become a backup quarterback you're drafting a guy who you want to eventually be a starter it's the 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 odds of success are not great but like i don't think i I don't think he's worth a second round pick is my my answer to the question yeah like he he's and i I don't want to be down on hurts because i agree in the sense that he is a but he is a he's a, fir- a, he is a full he's a full sentence all-star so i gotta give him that <laughs> no so he is a, he he's a dynamic player and and uh the intangibles are are supposedly very good um you know clearly uh you saw the way he handled it two years ago at alabama but like let's uh, let's be real here okay he uh Nick Saban decided to bench him at halftime of the national championship game. All right, because yeah. because Nick Saban wanted to throw the football. Like that's what Saban. He needed someone who could move the ball through the air. Georgia essentially said, like, you're not going to run on us. You have to throw the ball to the air, uh, through the air. He spent so he he transferred last year to Oklahoma, a place that produced the number one pick the previous two years. Mm. Okay, and and had. Arguably the uh, the best receiver in the country, or, or one of the best receivers in the country, like 
everyone's looked good in this offense. Um, and uh, and he was very good in it, okay? But he wasn't considered this. So they produced – Baker Mayfield was the number one pick. Kyler Murray was the number one pick. After one Jalen year. Jalen Hurts comes in. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and Jalen Hurts comes in. And it's not like Jalen Hurts is this first-rounder. And, uh, and there were teams in the second round. The New England Patriots, okay, were sitting there on the board. Mm-hmm. Jared Stidham is their starting quarterback. And they didn't take Jalen Hurts, right? Um, and and now, Bill, and as we know, Bill Belichick would be able to get more information on Jalen Hurts yes. through his buddy Nick Saban than anybody else. Exactly. I wish point. there was something I could watch on uh, incognito mode about that. <laughs> Uh, well, so after this, uh, unbuckle the belt. And, uh, <laughs> you think I'm wearing a belt tonight? <laughs> so, well, I, so I wanted to keep it like PG-13. Yeah, so, the, so, the, so that's my point about Hertz is, is certainly he, 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 has, he, he has intriguing tools and certainly intriguing intangibles. But I don't think Jalen Hertz is the type of quarterback prospect that, that you're like, all right, well – there's there's competition now. You know, I, I think Jalen Hurts is, as she'll put it, he's a developmental prospect. Yeah, and I, I don't know who uh, somebody said this on Twitter or somewhere else, but if you if you say you're a quarterback factory, that means you should be investing lesser resources and turning mm-hmm. the Nate Sudfelds of the world into backup quarterbacks. I mean, who have they done anything? You know, Car- the Carson Wentz, Nick. Fo- the Carson Wentz, obviously, the guy was the number two pick overall. The Nick Foles, you know, playoff run. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from Doug. Like those two years were, you know, that's one of the great, that Super Bowl year is one of the greatest coaching jobs with a quarterback of all time. But, uh, you know, it's not like they have this track record of a bunch of young guys who they come in. Hey, you know, we got this guy. Uh, he was just standing on the side of the road hitchhiking. We brought him in. Turn in. Now we flipped him for a second round pick. Like this is, it's like they're, they're flipping houses or something. It's like, is how they're describing it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you said it well in terms of Jalen Hurts, the player. Uh, great athlete, said to have uh, great intangibles. Although, you know, I wonder about the whole, like, how oh, he handled it really well. Like, what else was he going to do? I mean, he, yeah. he got, he got pulled from the game. He's on national television. What's he going to do, guy, and, Yeah, and the other guy. And then he lit transferred. The, like, yeah, I don't so, know. I mean, yeah, it was nice. I mean, I guess he could have been a jerk about it, so you get some credit uh, for that. But, yeah, like Zach said, I mean, watching Jalen Hurts in, like, the first part of last year, he looked like a different guy. And was that because he improved or was that because he was playing for one of the most innovative, uh, you know, offensive minds at any level of football in, in Lincoln Riley right now who's, you know, he, he actually is the one who has the quarterback factor. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. he's, maybe if they – if they brought him in, in, in as a consultant, then I would say, okay, this guy has a yes. track record. He actually runs a quarterback factory. He just churns out these guys every year. Uh, so I think he has more of a track record. But, uh, yeah. Well, the Eagles have Skankerol. <laughs> <laughs> Who the Broncos are just signing like every fast wide receiver. Yes, I know. Like, they, they were so annoyed by Skangarello checking it down last year that yeah. they're just like, get me Handler. Get me Judy. We're yes. finally going to be unleashed throwing the football downfield. I mean, so, so, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, developmental prospect, um, I don't know. I mean, just by the odds, it would be an upset if he ended up being a quality starter at any point. And, um, you know, it's 50-50, like Bo said, that he becomes a quality backup. Now, by the way, we did all the the body language reading last night. Uh, We got to say, I don't know if you guys saw on the broadcast, uh, Doug looked ecstatic when they made that pick. 
When they made oh, the Hurts pick, yes. No, I didn't see. I did oh, not see. He, yeah, looked, that. he yeah. looked. He looked like it was the happiest he's been in months. Oh, interesting. He gave me, and he people were tweeting at me that Doug gave me an eye roll for my oh, question yeah. for uh, Howie, which I kind of noticed. But I missed it. I missed it. He just makes. I mean, I don't know. He makes weird faces. Yeah, he does. Now and then, I don't take any offense to it. Yeah. <laughs> also, this happens every draft where. Where they have the three of them, and then like there's there's all these questions to Howie and Doug. And poor Andy Weidel, like just sitting <laughs> yeah. there getting answers one question. Yeah. So yeah, so so sometimes I think when the questions are, are it's it's like Howie, Howie, Howie. I think Doug's like, all right, what am I doing right now? Hmm. You know. All right. Well, we should get to uh, the other pick for uh, our the sake of our poor producer Kent uh, in the third <laughs> Sorry, round. Kent. And, the Eagles. And, and and like us, by the way, it's it's two thirty a.m. That's true. But, yeah, I don't want to wake up feeling hungover again. Yeah. That's our own. That's our own decision. Well, tomorrow's even worse because the draft starts earlier. It's at noon. Yeah. Uh, and so I just taking... had, and I just had like a, an oatmeal <laughs> bar, so you know that's mm. not gonna you know it'll have an effect on me. After taking Jalen Rager and Jalen Hurts, the Eagles draft Davion Jalen Taylor. What are the odds? And Zach, you broke the news. Give us the scoop. I didn't break. The, I mean, and it was like, and well, this is huge. You you drafted him in the alley. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yes. Very true. Oh, so he's yes. got me beat right now. He's doesn't got he? you beat right now. Oh and, man, uh, so, and there's not a lot left. I'll I'll read it after you. Go ahead. I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah. So uh, I, I mean, he's a player who who back. Uh, you know, I I saw him a bit. I I, I did watch some Colorado. Um, the past few years, and, and uh, I was hoping you were going to say you watched because, him in high school when he played that one half of a football game. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, and but I, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said like this guy really jumps out to me. But um, but then when uh, in the pre-draft process, when I was looking at these linebackers, uh, and this dates back to to uh, around the combine, like he he jumped out in terms of just just the pure speed and 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 the way he ran, and I thought. That's the direction that that the Eagles were going at at, at linebacker was players like him, um, and so I, I thought he could be a potential target for him. The third round, maybe it's a little early. Although my view is is that at this point there's so much subjectivity. You know, when you get the third, fourth, fifth round, if you like a guy, I take him twenty picks early, then two picks too late. Um, so uh, so I think that you know, look his calling card speed. He ran a four four nine at the combine at his pro day. Apparently, was was faster. Um, and uh, we we spoke to him on the phone. He or on video conference said the big step in his development in the, in the NFL is going to be to be more physical, uh, as you know, in in, in terms of uh, shedding blocks. But you know what you're getting with him is is at the baseline, a, a special teams contributor who can help you. On on sub downs, and I think uh, you know I I think the upside is a three down linebacker, and the last thing I'll say is that the he's the highest the Eagles have drafted a, a linebacker since Jordan Hicks in 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 2015, and um and as as Howie Roseman said in the conference call today, they don't spend a third round pick on a guy on a, on a linebacker unless they think this guy can become a starter for them. So. They view him as 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 a player, but they spend second round picks on back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well said. Well said. Um, no, I think I, I think you said it well. I, I'm fine with this pick. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to be giving it a big round of applause, or I'm not going to be crushing it. I think it's it's fine. End of the third round, like you said. So um, you know, if it's close, 
that that's fine. I like taking athletic uh, athletic linebackers who have some uh, have some tools and. You know, he has probably has a high floor because it seems like he's got good intangibles and is a great athlete and has played special teams. So even if he's your uh, fourth linebacker or whatever, he can give you a roster spot. But there is some upside there that he turns into, you know, even if he's turning into a sub-package linebacker and he's good at that, you know, that's a big win because you're playing that 70% uh, of the time. If he turns into a full-time starter and every down player, uh, you know, that that's nice also. Although I will say, as Bo pointed out, uh, well, actually, Bo, why don't you make the point? because this, you were the one who pointed out, so I don't need to steal it like oh, I sure. do other well, stuff. Someone else pointed out first. but So I, I like Taylor as a pick. That's fine. You know, uh, a linebacker in the third round is a good sweet spot for value historically, um, which I looked at last year, so that's that's good. And, you know, we, we know that they've placed an emphasis on adding speed. They have – I'm I'm fine with them, you know, trying to take on this identity, and he certainly provides that, and I buy – the possibility that this guy who uh, has only played real football for two plus years has uh, some upside that 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 you know his football IQ can improve being coached by a professional staff that sounds good to me he's got the tools great take the home run swing um, however they did the the Saints traded so the Eagles took Taylor at 103 and the Saints traded picks 130 169 203 and 244 so that's a a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. So the Eagles could have, and this was offered to the Eagles, how he said they considered it. They could have dropped 27 picks into the mid-fourth round and gotten three other day three picks and crossed their fingers and hoped that Taylor got there, and maybe he wouldn't have. But then they could have also traded back up, but they didn't want to risk it. So, you know, this is your player. That's fine. I think I think that's okay. But it's not okay if you're going to waste a second-round pick. The two things in conjunction don't work well together. Agreed. This goes to, you know, Zach, you asked me yesterday about one of my commandments about uh, don't be over over confident in your valuation. So this, you know, would be a scenario where, you know, taking Taylor versus getting, uh, you know, three picks or four, you know, four picks in a similar range, you would generally say take the uh, take the four picks. And it's not like this is a guy who's who's like sneaking up on people. Everybody knows how well he tested. Like you know, true. But that's also why I would say like, um, yeah. And and I don't want to come off as 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 like I'm I'm betting my life on on Taylor becoming successful. It's it's I just think it's a that good, it's a good pick. It's, it's fine. A fine, yeah, it's fine. No, but but my point is, is 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 that these Eagles linebackers like they're so pedestrian, and every time they add a linebacker. And they haven't really, but you're you're looking at at, you, at at guys who have such limited upside, and uh, and so if you take a guy who has, a, as you would say, some juice, then uh, then it's, it's it's just such a deviation from what they've done before. I think that you know speeds a trait at, at at that position that I think is is valuable. And after he's off the board, there aren't really guys at that position who run like that. True. Although, and like at this, Akeem at Davis the, Gaither from App, App State is on the board, true. and is a similar type player. True. Maybe true. not quite as good athletically, but is uh, certainly a more experienced football player. And there certainly are players who, you know, athletic linebackers. You know, think of like a poor man's version of Michael Kendricks. 
like you can't put that guy on the field. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's uh, there. You know, there are guys who are uh, great athletes, but they don't have the uh, instincts and the ability to read and diagnose and all those different types of things. So I kind of go back and forth at uh, at linebacker on you know what the most important uh, traits are because it, it is hard to find the guy who's a great athlete and then uh, you know can do all those other things well. But uh, again, I I think it's fine. I don't have a big issue with it. Let me update the uh, the scorebirds here for our three draft games. In Turkey's to the Kingdom, Zach has a, a commanding lead with 195 points. To uh, Sheila and I are at 168 and 167 respectively. Sheila is, is one point ahead, but there cool. are uh, there are three categories yet to be decided. The, those are uh, how many picks the Eagles end up with, whether they trade a veteran. And whether uh, how many receivers they draft, Zach is in good position. But if the Eagles do not trade a veteran, then I make a move. I should win uh, if they trade a veteran, right? I put if, you, I if put they trade so a veteran, then then you will likely win. Although you'll actually just that'll just pull you even with Zach, and then it'll come down to the other two categories because he he bet high on yes for veteran as well. Uh, in the owl, you know draft. Zach picks up a huge Davion Taylor, so you two are now tied because Sheila got Jalen Rager. Um, and, of course, all ties go to the lowest drafted player. I will read you the players who are still on the board. Sheila this necessary? Has, yes. <laughs> Sheila has Kayvon Wallace, Tyler Johnson, Keith Ishmael, and James Driscoll. You've got the most hooch left on the board. Uh, Zach has Dane Jackson and Curtis Weaver. And I have Quez Watkins, Sean Bradley, and Sadiq Charles. So not looking good for me. But uh, I feel duck, good. Duck Duck, duck Juice, yeah. which is, I think, fair to say, the most prestigious of the draft games. Uh, a huge, a huge turn of events with the quarterback coming off the board for me in the second round. Shield has seven points. I have six points. Zach has five points. Shield has defensive end, defensive tackle, and tight end left. Zach has all wide receivers left, linebackers still, interior offensive line, and tackle. Zach is going to run away with this bad boy. And I have uh, both secondary spots, cornerback and safety, and running back. So there you go. Very good. Um, any uh, any things that you are looking forward to tomorrow? Any expectations for tomorrow? What do you got on your mind? How many quarterbacks are they going to take? This is a factory. Let's run them through. <laughs> Uh, just, I got I, I got nothing. Yeah, give me a Tyler Johnson so we have an official uh, official birds with mm. friends wide receivers in Philadelphia. That would be good. How was night two Hopefully. for you, Shield? I mean, night two is over. That's how it was. <laughs> <laughs> how many times did you have a pee break tonight, Zach? I wasn't keeping track. Yeah, I wasn't keeping track, but every well, maybe tomorrow you, you can keep track for us. Tomorrow is going to be a haul, and I'm going to be. We'll set uh, a bird line on. It's. I, I mean, this is seconds. going to be like the. This is going to be like the Green Bay trip. Like it's it's two forty five right now. We still have an hour or so of writing to go. Uh, I'll probably be up at, at like seven seven thirty with the kids. Oh, you and, can't get uh, a, you can't get a little bit later than that. Uh, well, no. I, I mean, my wife would let me, but but when I hear them, I I, I get up and then you uh, attack you attack the day with the enthusiasm well, unknown to mankind. Yeah, but the enthusiasm might be a little tempered. I mean, I, I, do, I, 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 I do the I do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone shut the hell up and go outside or in the basement. <laughs> yeah. I was up till four a.m. <laughs> 
Yeah, so. I, well, I heard Bo's proposal for what you guys should write for tomorrow, and I think it was way too much. <laughs> just do, just do the first part of what he said. I mean, honestly, the the fourth round starts in eight in what nine hours. There's no need to do all that. Seriously, I'm being like dead serious, but uh, that's up to right. you guys. I'm not in on that. So uh, good night, and I'll talk to everyone tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. Uh, well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. For Zach and Sheil and Kent, I'm Bo. We'll talk to you tomorrow for a full roundup. And then uh, I think hopefully hopefully next week we're going to get Coach Flynn on because he has been firing off uh, some scorching hot takes about this Eagles draft. We have to get him on the record. So uh, we will do that. But thanks for listening. And as always, we love you. Birds with Friends.